Glad you're back with us. Glad you're back with us. We certainly appreciate it. I, I got a lot to get to. Got a lot to get to. We were talking earlier about um, Quay Walker. And Michael writes, uh, glad you bring him up. This uh, game, focus on him. He cannot shut a block, and he hits the wrong gap more often than the correct one. He uh, looks great in space, but put a blocker in front of him, and he needs to make a quick decision. Uh, He fails, and his grades have proven that. When McDuffie filled in for him, there wasn't much of a drop-off, and that's saying something. I cannot – I can agree with that. Uh, I have, he has gotten better at shedding blocks. So to make a blanket statement to say he can't, that's not true. Cause I've watched him. He's gotten better at it. Is he great at it? Of course not. But has he gotten better at it? Yes. With his speed. I look, Isaiah McDuffie's been a solid player. He's made, made plays at times. So, so is Quay Walker. And you're right. There hasn't been a dra- dramatic drop off. The drop off comes in coverage. When he's got a tight end across the middle, we haven't seen a lot of tight ends and a lot of big time slot receivers just chew up the Green Bay Packers consistently like we have in the past. He's been good in coverage this year, and that's where they use him a lot. I agree with you about being able to shut a block. It's not a consistent thing. He doesn't have a move. I agree. But there's a reason that you don't see a lot of over the middle you know, pass game-wise, when it's out of the tight end or the the, the the slot receiver on a consistent basis is because Quay Walker's been that good. But I still am going to give him another year. We did it for Rashawn Gary. at Because I didn't think Rashawn Gary was going to amount to much. I really didn't. And Rashawn Gary, in his first couple of years, his ceiling kept going up and up and up. Now, Quay Walker's jump should be this offseason to next season. That's where the jump should be. And part of it is Devondre Campbell's been banged up. So they've kind of had to utilize those guys differently, and he hasn't had Devondre alongside. And it, when he did, it wasn't certainly certainly wasn't at, at full health. They were playing with a, a banged-up core. So I'm not making excuses, but I'm also not condemning them. Uh, I'm still – and again, I'm still under wait and see. Now, what happens if he comes back and plays great next year with a new defensive coordinator? Then do you say, oh, there always was talent there. It was just Joe Barry. But if he comes back next year and it's the same old, same old, he hasn't progressed, things don't seem to be much better, and you've got a new defensive coordinator with a new voice and maybe new, you know, new coaches, then you go, well, maybe the talent isn't there. That's, that's when you start to look uh, up into the box to Goody and say that the talent has not, has not proven to uh, equate to the level of draft with all these ones on this team. You know, uh, Trav, the mailman says, Hey, Bill, great show. The problem I see with the defense is that they are bored. I get bored watching them on Sundays. Can you imagine being a player in this defense every day? Uh, let's do the same thing over and over all the time. They need to change things up. Players like to be challenged and to do different things, bring in some excitement. They need to be fired up somehow. Stunts, blitzes, sacks, pressures, and interceptions all fire up a defense. Let the boys play. Call different plays. That's Trav the mailman. Um, I'm not going to argue with that either because they there are times where they do look bored. Like it's you just go through the motions. And what's really bothersome, third and long situations are not out of the question anymore. It used to be you get a team in third and long, they're just going to concede, punt, 
try not to turn the ball over on a third down. Maybe if they can pick it up, great. But if you got third and 15, third and 17, third and 20, that's not out of the question with this defense. That's 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 achievable with this defense, you know? Uh, Ken says, Bill, do you know the progression of his coaching career? What type of future might he have in the NFL, assuming that uh, Joe Barry is gone at the end of the season? Thanks from Ken. Um, I I don't know who would pick him up other than the fact that he's got experience. But as a coordinator with a poor track record everywhere, I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. I, I I guess, you know, it could partly depend on the good old boys club, you know, where he has a friend. But I can't imagine there's a whole lot of teams chomping at the bit to say, oh, we got, you know, when they let Joe Barry go, we got to get him. You know what I mean? There's not going to be many teams saying that. I can't imagine it. Um. This one is from uh, John listening to us in Howard. He says, why is nobody bringing up Barry's failures in Detroit and Washington? History repeats itself. Or bad players in Detroit and Washington and now in Green Bay as well. I think the guy has proven to be a bad defensive coordinator and would not be shocked if he ever even gets a fourth opportunity to coordinate a defense. That's John in Howard. Uh, I would agree. You can't you can't go everywhere and just blame the the players that are selected, especially with as much stock and draft capital that this, you know, that, that Goody has put into this defense. You just can't do it. So I'm 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 kinda in the same boat. I can't imagine that there's gonna be I mean, unless another team has one or two guys that are top of their list that end up turning them down or they can't sign for whatever reason. And Joe Barry's the last of a bad lot, okay, maybe he finds a job, but I, I just don't know at this point. Uh, this is from Kelly who says, thanks for having the show on YouTube. Since I live in Southern Illinois, this is the only way I can keep tabs on uh, the Green Bay Packers. Thanks for the Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks coverage. Don't always get to listen in real time. Uh, like yesterday, uh, so often tried later. Uh, as long as the show is on the air, I can watch it, uh, watch it run through its entirety, uh, on and on. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I can't find the show looking for your archives on the Bill Michaels channel. There are way more missing shows than ones to watch. What gives? I don't know. I couldn't honestly tell you. Are you going to YouTube? Is YouTube uh, kill them? I don't know. Sometimes when music, certain music gets in there, YouTube will kill it because they're claiming rights, which you know, I can't battle with YouTube over and over again every damn day. So maybe that's what they do. But I, other than that, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But thanks for, thanks for watching. I do know that. Uh, and uh, this one. Uh, says, I don't feel any better having a few offensive players back because the defense is still going to give up over 30 points, and I don't see the Packers' offense putting up 30 points against the Vikings. Do you think they give up over 30 points? With a rookie quarterback? Although it seems like whenever you get a rookie quarterback, they seem to light the Packers up because the Packers don't have tape on them, so kind of they run wild, but... Do you think that's that's what it is? That's what they do? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, when we come back after the break, coming up here in a few minutes, we are going to hear yesterday Joe Barry went to the podium. And you're going to hear Joe Barry speak. 
Uh, obviously, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to go to the uh, the purple side of things. We're going to start talking uh, over in uh, uh, over in Minneapolis, and we're going to talk to uh, to Matt Caller. He's with the Purple Insider. We're going to talk with him coming up here at the bottom of the hour. But I want you to hear Joe Barry's presser from yesterday. Yes, I know it's not necessarily exciting. It's not scintillating. It's not electrifying. It's not inspiring in any stretch of the imagination. But for a guy that's under a ton of heat. You're going to want to hear what he has to say because he's got to defend badness, I guess, for lack of a better term. He's got to do it in some way, shape, or form. So uh, we'll break a little bit early, and we're going to hear Joe Barry when we come back. So stay tuned for that. 877-867-1670, real, 877-867-1670. Real quick, uh, Mark says uh, listening to Joe Barry speak is going to cost you brain cells, uh, which, I uh, yeah, I get it. Um. This is uh, this is from Gino says that the defense could just be mentally worn out with that six game skid with the three points uh, and such. Uh, well, I don't know about mentally worn out. I I think now if I had to say this because he said three points and three quarters they had to cover uh, that was just hard to watch and and I understand with that. Here's the thing with with the defense. I don't think it's necessarily worn out because you know there's optimism with the offense. So you you you're not so worn out. That you're looking at the offense going, Psh, I can't even play on this team because this offense is just woefully bad. Because it's not, it's not the case, especially now the fact that you're getting a couple of guys back. I think that these guys are worn out mentally in the sense of you're not even letting us play. You know, and when you do, it's it's kind of like vanilla, dialing up vanilla stuff. And I I, I think when you start to see stuff like this start to materialize, you know, guys speaking out and two or three times now we've heard, we're just running the plays. We're just, we're just doing what they're calling that type of thing. You've lost it in the sense of your, your ability to talk to your defenders is gone. And I think uh, Joe Barry's message is falling on deaf ears, you know? Um, the angry casual fan says LaFleur also has the same unit and wasn't able to score in the first half for three straight games. Right? And since then they've gotten better at it. I'm 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 one hundred percent in agreement. It was bad. And it was I'll tell you this, it was leading to a lot of speculation about the quarterback, about Matt LaFleur, about play calling, uh, about the talent that was out. Look, all of that. They were shuffling in. Uh, linemen to try to see competition-wise who was actually going to fit. There was a lot of stuff going on this year, a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts. And then they started to get it right, you know? And then they started to get it right. Not every, not every team is going to come out and just light it up in the first quarter on the first drive of every game, and they're going to be front runners the entire – you know, very few teams has that happened to, you know? But, I, but they have, for, for the most part, corrected that. So I, I, I can understand that, but they've kind of corrected that. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Great Dane says that goes back to what I said. He said, uh, for those that are talking about Clay Walker, Quay Walker not making plays, how often does Barry actually give him the chance to be aggressive? Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. You're going to hear Joe Barry and that discussion. That is coming up, this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort. And uh, if you want to get them a shout, call Barb, 715-938-5110. They have some uh, uh, wine dinners coming up in January. They have Al Capone's birthday party, a throwback to the 20s, coming up in January as well. They've got so many different events going on. 
and when it finally gets cold and when the snow finally flies, the uh, the snowmobile trails will be open as well. So, And that's always a big destination whenever you're up there. So when you go check out the Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill, you usually can see anywhere from five to, to 20 sleds out in the parking lot because they come from all over. It's It's kind of a fun spot. It really is, whether it's sitting upstairs in the lounge and just enjoying, say, a, a flight of wine or going to the diamond room and having dinner downstairs at the sports bar or just relaxing in the giant indoor pool that they have, whatever it happens to be. Four Seasons Island Resort on the beautiful Muscano Island right in the middle of the river there. Call our girl, Barb, 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110, and use the promo code MICHAELS15. You get 15% off of your stay. So get a hold of her, 715-938-5110. Get a hold of Barb, and that's the Four Seasons Island Resort. And when the snow starts flying, Pine Mountain for the ski resort as well. Good place to go, and it's their sister resort up in the UP. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. Hey, uh, I know the new year is about upon us. And that can bring in a lot of joy and cheer and new beginnings. And it can also bring in problematic things like when it gets cold, your furnace not keeping up, your boiler not keeping up. Uh, maybe some things you might want to do different, a water heater that goes. Uh, if you're out in the lacrosse area. You get a hold of our friends over at Every Plumbing and Heating, 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803 in La Crosse and Monroe and Vernon, Jackson County, Trempolo County. Third generation, they're hiring licensed plumbers as well, but uh, whether it's Every Plumbing and Heating and, and air conditioning too. I mean, if you're going to be uh, kind of changing things out, excuse me, before the season gets here, before the summer gets here, you may even call them for that. But if you have something in the effect of a water heater, Water softening unit, if you're going to do a renovation, if you just need maintenance, those are the guys to call. 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. Uh, give uh, Craig Every and the whole gang over there at Every Plumbing and Heating a call. Joe Barry meeting with the media yesterday. I know it's painful, but take a listen to it. So you made some changes, obviously, with the play calling, the game plan against the Carolina. A lot of good things happened in the first three quarters. At the end of the game, it's the best game of Bryce Young's career. When you review how the defense played, do you look how much do you look at the first three quarters? How much do you look at the, the final product? Well, the final product, you know, we found a way to win the game, thankfully. Um, but, you know, I, I told the defense this. Um, you know, they had Monday and Tuesday off, so the you know, first, first time we saw them was on Wednesday. I thought for 53 minutes we played, you know, very well. Um, but the last seven minutes of the game, you know, we give up two crucial third downs, you know, have a couple penalties that, that hurt us. Um, but I thought, you know, up until then, um, you know, right about that seven-minute mark when it was, you know, 30 to 16, um, I, I thought we, we flew around and played pretty well. But... Again, um, 
talked about consistency last week. Um, you know, whether you put consistency, playing four quarters, finish all into the same bucket. Um, you know, we got we got to play a sixty-minute complete football game. Does that mean that the changes from more blitzing to more man coverage that that you did implement? Did, did you find solutions in that to, to carry forward since it did work for fifty-three minutes? Yeah, you know, I mean, I just think bottom line, it got down to you know they made some plays and we didn't make plays the last seven minutes. What do you know about Jaron Hall? Um, you know, we 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 did list him. Uh, you know, we we present a a two deep to our players every week. Um, you know, and and we did on Wednesday. The first thing we do is we go through the two deep with the guys. You know, we listed him as the number two. So. Um, and then we went back, you know, he's played, you know, I think what he played 12, 12 plays in the Atlanta game and then 10 or 11 plays against us. Um, I think he's got almost, there was almost 70 throws that he had in the, in the preseason. So, um, you know, you do your due diligence with a guy, um, when he's, when he's on the two deep, um, and then obviously finding out this afternoon that he's going to be the guy. So, um, you know. Rookie guy that has a, a a small sample size of 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 a menu to go off of, but um, I got a lot of respect for Kevin and and uh, the people there. So they they obviously thought highly enough of him to to draft him in the fifth round. So in terms of uh, defending Jefferson, you know what you guys did week one last year obviously didn't work. Then you had twenty three kind of follow him a little bit more later in the season that yeah. did work. Uh, then he doesn't play against you, so you don't have the guy that followed him this week. Yeah. What do you go off of in terms of what you guys have done against him in the past when you're preparing for Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's he is a, uh, you know, he's arguably the the best receiver in the game. You know, so um, he demands a lot of attention. Um, you know, I think you gotta you gotta mix up things with him. Um, you can't just give him one consistent thing. Um, but he's an elite player, and. Uh, you know, he's he's like I said, he you have to know where he is and what he's doing on every snap, you know, and that's um, when you do that, that obviously, you know, based on what you call, there's some things that you're going to be a little li little bit limited in other areas. Um, but he's the type of player that can absolutely ruin a game. So you have to have attention on him all the time. How much does not having Jair change how you game plan against? Oh, him? you know, I mean, that's I mean, obviously, guys, I mean, you, you have. Jair's a an, an elite player, you know. Um, so of course that's that's gonna. But um, it is what it is. We've kind of had that that mantra, that mindset all year. That next man up, and uh, we got to keep it moving and, and keep preparing. And they're gonna break the huddle with eleven guys. We're gonna break the huddle with eleven guys, and we got to go play. You'd obviously rather have him available than not. But does it help at least to some degree that he basically played? The vast majority of the season without him, so you know how to sure. what the other guys can do. And yeah, you know, I think that's that that's fair. Um, you know, the other thing, hopefully, a guy like Eric Stokes, um, who hadn't played football in 13 months, you know, is going into his third game now. You know, so hopefully he'll be another week better. Um, but yeah, at least you know, Carrington and Corey and a number of guys um, all year long. It's kind of been that shuffle, um, but they have a lot of valuable reps under their belt. Do you feel 
feel good about um, using Stokes on either side, or you know, is he more of a left side guy for you, and then you'll fill in on the other side? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's always a, uh, I think that's a specific question for um, the player. But you know, in in having convert, I always I always ask pass rushers and corners. Because some guys do, you know, feel much more comfortable playing on the right or playing on the left. Um, very similar to pass rushers. Some guys are just more natural on the left or the right. Um, I think Eric's a guy. Um, Eric really isn't isn't bothered by a lot of things and kind of doesn't overanalyze things. So I think Eric absolutely is is comfortable playing on the right or the left. But um, at least that's what he's communicated to me in my relationship with him. So. I don't think he, he strongly feels he's better on one side or the other. Going back to the quarterback, what's the challenge of keeping the rushing game of his under wraps? Yeah, you know, I think in today's football, I think that's something, Bill, that, you know, you have to be conscious of. That's kind of, that's kind of standard in today's football. Um, now, there's some guys that you just simply don't worry about them running. Um, but, you know, these, these young athletic quarterbacks that are, you know, kind of coming into our league now, that's something you've got to be worried about all the time. And, um, you know, this kid definitely falls into that, that category that um, you do have to be conscious of it. And, you know, when you do have a quarterback that can run, I'm talking about both when it's a designed called run, but then also when things break down and you have, you know, the perfect coverage, for example, but then a guy can take off and create and, and run and make plays on his own. You know, that, that's, that's, that's a weapon that offenses have and um, definitely something we have to be conscious of with this guy. So this is teetering on a game plan question, so if you want to answer it, I totally get it, but do you have to play more zone against a guy like that? If you're playing man in your corners, backs are turned and you just might not see him? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that definitely when you're playing against a guy that is a really good runner, it's always better to have what we refer to as zone eyes across the board instead of just man eyes. Um, you know, so you do have, especially when a guy breaks the pocket, you can see that when you're, because in zone coverage, you see the quarterback, you're reading the quarterback, you're breaking on the quarterback. So in court, a case, um, he does take off, you have that. But, you know, I still think you got you to gotta be able to always mix coverage principles and, and play multiple different things. Joe, this, I, I don't want to be overly simplistic, right, because it's a lot more complicated than this, but, you know, Baker has a really good game against you guys. DeVito obviously had his moments, and then obviously Young, you know, at least in the fourth quarter, played pretty well against you yeah. guys. Is it important? I'm not trying to diss Jaron Hall by any stretch, but he is a rookie fifth-round pick. Is it important for you guys to kind of set the tone early and, and really kind of make sure that, Another quarterback doesn't kind of get momentum sure. rolling against you guys as a group. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I, I would, you know, I hope you guys understand that's kind of our that that's our mindset and that's our want every week. No matter you know if we're playing against you know Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff, you know, well, you're you, really good against Mahomes. you want to have that type of mindset and that type of attitude every week. But um, I think it's always. Very, very important to start fast. There's no doubt about it. Set the tone early, no doubt about it. Um, which, again, back to what I said earlier, I, I thought we did that for the most part um, in this past game. But that's the thing in the National Football League. you got to play, play for 60 minutes. 
and um, you can't play for 50 or 53. You got to play in a complete game, um, and when you get into the fourth quarter, you got to slam the door and, and close the door. So, um, yeah, that that's our mindset every week is that we always want to start fast, but we want to finish strong as well. About a month ago, Devondre Campbell made it clear how much he likes playing with Quay Walker, and I think I get the same from Quay. And you even say how much you need Dre as a veteran outside of Preston. How much does this defense miss those two guys being on the field for more snaps? You know, um, a lot. I mean, first and foremost, um, I, I I do want to. I'll answer that specifically, but I do want to give praise to, you know, Isaiah McDuffie's done a, done a great job when either one of those guys have been out. Um, Eric Wilson even at times has gone in and done a, a great job for us. But, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, Dre and Quay, um, I think that falls into you can make the same thing, you know, with our secondary. You know, it's – I talk about consistency a lot and – Guys being able to play together and gel and come together week in and week out, day in and day out, um, that consistency is built. And, you know, especially from an inside linebacker position, you know, specifically what you're saying, there's, there's, a, there's a comfort and there's a consistency that takes place when the guy to your right is all the same and the guy to your left is always the same. And um, that's created through time with just building reps and, um, you know, Dre relays on, relies on Quay for certain things and vice versa, you know, Quay relies on Dre. And, um, it's, it's, it breaks my heart for him because I know how bad he wants to be out there and I know how bad he wants to play. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll continue to heal and, and get better and we, we can get that. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's been a big thing I think for, for both guys, um, not having that, that consistent partner next to you consistently. There you go. That's uh, Joe Barry talking to the media yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, we'll have more from inside that locker room coming up here in a little bit with Mike Clemens joining us in about 45 minutes from now. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and let's get the purple side of things. The purple side of things. We'll talk some Minnesota Viking football when we return. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. Hotel and casino and restaurants and cocktail lounges and everything. All under one roof. That's what Pottawatomie Hotel Casino has to offer. You can also get some tickets if they've got uh, the uh, any available for the New Year's Eve bash down there as well. Stay and play right there in the hotel. Great stuff from our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. Continuing on, glad you're with us today. Talking now a little bit about uh, the Minnesota Vikings and what they got going on. Matt Caller from the Purple Insider now joining us on the hotline. Matt, how are you doing today? I am good. Was that intentional? Can't find a better man? Was that about the Vikings backup <laughs> quarterback? 
Well, you they, can take it in that trying. direction if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, they keep trying. They keep trying different ones, and uh, they keep getting a lot of interceptions. So we'll see how the, the next one works out. <laughs> well, start there. So give me your thoughts on them making the change and yet again starting a – first of all, he's a rookie, so they're starting a rookie. And, uh, you know, do you think that uh, do you think that this guy is capable of going out and igniting something this weekend in a must-win situation for the Vikings? Yeah, to, toward the second part, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, because – the last time we saw Jaron Hall was for two series against Atlanta, and then he got hurt uh, trying to scramble, and he even sort of joked with us that he didn't realize how fast NFL players can close in on you and how hard they can hit you if you try to scramble and you don't escape. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with him. I mean, there's very, very little experience here. I mean, he started the fourth preseason game, played the second half of some preseason games, and then has just been the backup. Uh, for the entire year and that's kind of all we know I mean they talk about how far he's come along Uh, I think that he is very mature for someone who's a rookie in part because college football now has rookies that are 24 25 years old Um, and he also went to BYU so you know that's I think that's helped him he's he's married he's a a pretty mature kid for somebody um, who is you know inexperienced And, and that helps and I think that he's very football smart and understands what the offense wants him to do. And I think the biggest thing is that it's going to force Kevin O'Connell to pare things down, which is what we've kind of been asking for the last few weeks. I think they asked too much of Josh Dobbs after he had the initial burst of really good play. Then they wanted him to run the whole offense. And then you've got Nick Mullins playing like Brett Favre out there, throwing the ball down the field over and over again. He's like, wait a minute. Do you know that right. Nick Mullins is the quarterback? Um, so, and, and look, I mean, it almost won in the game because Justin Jefferson went complete God mode. And that's, that kind of answers the question right there. It's like, well, they're missing TJ Hawkinson. They might be missing Jordan Addison. So can Jaron Hall get the football to Justin Jefferson enough times to make this offense tick? And I, I don't know what the answer is because we just don't know a lot about Jaron Hall. Right. I was just going to say, I mean, as much as people talk about Justin Jefferson being back on the field, it's the guy that's delivering him the football. Can he do it? Can he do it consistently? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is that Nick Mullins had a lot of belief in uh, his abilities to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. And sometimes it got intercepted and sometimes it was an incredible touchdown. So like, I don't think that Jaron Hall is going to play the same way. What we saw from him, and this is going way back to preseason and training camp, was he was a lot more apt to take the underneath stuff and to play it safe and try not to turn the ball over. And that's really what I think they need, but I'm not really sure because throwing it deep to Justin Jefferson did work on a number of occasions in that game. Uh, it also got just almost got Justin Jefferson killed multiple times during that game as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's like, I've compared it to trying to get the temperature right in a hotel room where it's, it's either too hot or too cold. You can never get it exactly where you want it. It's like, are they being too aggressive? I don't know. They scored 24 points, but they also threw four picks. So do you want to try to win this game, you know, 16 to 13 or something, or do you want it to be a shootout? Or I guess what Kevin O'Connell is saying by benching Nick Mullins is, uh, I don't want it to be the quarterback launching the ball down the field over and over again and getting picked off. But he also, Nick Mullins' pocket presence was brutal the last two weeks as well. He got strip-sacked a couple times. In Cincinnati, he threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life. So, like, it, it made a lot of sense to bench Nick Mullins, who's just, in my mind, an XFL-level quarterback, 
to give Jaron Hall a shot and bet on, you know, maybe he's got better traits. He definitely has a better arm than Nick Mullins, and, and maybe he'll make better decisions. But we've seen oh, throughout the league all sorts of crazy backup quarterback shows up, plays great, then the next week plays terrible and gets benched. It's like that's kind of the nature of what it's like having to, to ride the roller coaster of backup QBs. What do they do next year? And I hate to get ahead of this game, but what do they do next year? I mean, is Kirk Cousins coming back? Do they go in a different direction? What do they do? I mean, that is the A1 story here, even ahead of whether they make the playoffs or not, because I don't think anyone believes that they can go anywhere in the playoffs. So everyone is talking about what they're going to do in the future. One thing I know for sure is that Kirk Cousins wants to be in Minnesota uh, again next year. I, I mean, he is... Uh, kind of made no bones about it that he would like to stay here, but it comes down to the price and the cost. I mean, we've seen this team invest a ton of money and a ton of cap space over the years in Kirk Cousins, and it has gotten them all of one playoff win for the entire right. time that he's been here. Like that, that's a hard argument to overcome when he's been here since 2018. And they have one playoff win. Like, why would you do it again? And when we're talking about coming off an Achilles injury, which he's going to be 36 years old, and we have no idea what that's going to look like. How much could you invest when there's that risk there? At the same time, uh, you know, the owners of this team have been watching Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs play, and they might be really begging for Kirk Cousins to come back. Like, oh, yeah, maybe we didn't realize uh, he actually is very good. So, you know, I, I think there will be four or five teams, though, in the league you could see – you know, the Raiders, you could see the Falcons, the Steelers, all saying we're a quarterback away, which is kind of how Kirk Cousins got here um, and being willing to pay more than the Vikings are. So, yeah, and, and if, it's not, if it's not him, then, I mean, it could be anybody. It could be a draft pick. It could be Russell Wilson. It could be, like, who knows uh, after that. So, coming into this game, defensively speaking, I mean, uh, the, the Packers' offense has been performing better as of late. 33 against Carolina, although it's Carolina, but at least they've been able to move the football and score. Defensively speaking for the Vikings, how good is the defense playing right now? Because to me, if they're going to win this game, it's got to be a great defensive effort. Yeah, I think for about five, six weeks there, the Vikings were playing great defense. And the last couple of weeks, We've seen the cracks in the foundation, uh, in part because Byron Murphy Jr., one of their top corners, has been out, and I don't expect him to play on Sunday. So now you're talking about playing a rookie corner, Makai Blackman, who's also limited in practice because he's been banged up. And they got to the point last week where they were playing a guy named Jalen Williams, who was just a practice squad guy who had to be elevated uh, out of emergency. And then they also lost DJ Wanham for the year. And, you know, DJ Wanham has given the Packers problems at times in the past. And he's played almost 900 snaps this year. And he tore his quad uh, last week against the, the Lions. So they are going to their third, well, I guess it would be their fourth on the depth chart outside linebacker, Patrick Jones, who is not, in my mind, played like a starting player or anywhere close. So that kind of leaves them really banged up along the defensive line. And where DJ Wanham was particularly good was against the run. And now you're talking about guys who are not capable of, of emulating that. So the Packers run game, I think, will be really important. We saw uh, Detroit run very successfully with Jameer Gibbs. And that's where it all starts. I mean, the Vikings, during their stretch of being really good defensively, were able to shut down the run, get teams in second and long, get them in third and long. And then Brian Flores starts dialing up all sorts of stuff, all sorts of crazy looks. Sometimes it's sending everybody. Sometimes it's looking like you're sending everybody and dropping everybody out. 
Uh, we saw Jordan Love's head spinning a little bit there in, in Green Bay trying to figure out what was going on. But that's another factor, too, is they've seen it now. Matt LaFleur has seen it. Jordan Love has seen it. So it's not going to be quite as shocking when they put everybody at the line of scrimmage and then drop everyone out or when they send a zero blitz. I think they're going to have a lot more answers, and, and that's what we've seen the last few weeks. Cincinnati had a lot of answers for their blitzes and for their drop eight stuff, and Detroit really had no problem the entire game moving the football. So I don't think that this defense is anywhere near as strong as it even was a couple of weeks ago. Sitting here uh, talking with Matt Collar, the Purple Insider, covering the Minnesota Vikings. So this game, you had talked about this game vital for the Vikings to get themselves to the postseason. Do they feel that that experience is necessary? The Packers, I think for, for Jordan Love and company, they need to get to the postseason. That experience would be invaluable to them. But give me your thoughts on, uh, on the Vikings' thoughts of heading to the postseason. So this is a, a major point of conflict for fans. Not that any Vikings fans would ever root for the Packers, but – when you look at if they were to lose the next two games, they could be somewhere hovering around a top 10 draft pick. And if we're thinking about drafting a quarterback, it's a lot better to be up there than it is to be at 22nd or something, right? Um, at the mm-hmm. same time, if, if they were able to make the playoffs after playing four quarterbacks and losing Justin Jefferson for a major part of the season, going through all the injury stuff, and now T.J. Hawkinson is out for the year as well, which is a huge, huge factor, and he's been a great player for them this year. If they were still able to grind this out and make the playoffs, I mean, it would just be an incredible accomplishment for everybody, for the coaching staff, for the locker room, for the players. And it would kind of remind me a little bit of what Detroit did last year. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but beating the Packers in the last day it meant a lot to them, and I think it did help them into the future, believing that they could be a division winner. I think the Vikings would go into the offseason as a very confident team about what they can uh, fight their way through and how strong they are under Kevin O'Connell. Um, but I think if you lose the two games, the final two games, you kind of go, ah, well, I mean, that's what happens, right? You lose your starting right, right. quarterback, you usually don't make the playoffs. So, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, kind of a, it's a kind of a weird position right now because there's a lot of people who would rather just see them lose those two games than have to go to Dallas or Philly or whatever and and lose by 30 points in the playoffs. So who you got in this one before I let you go? I have the Packers. I was really shocked that uh, I think the Vikings are favored. I I can't really figure that out. Um, I I like the way that Jordan Love has played lately, and I think that they'll be able to run the football and and operate a lot of things they want to do. So I I just think that the Packers are the healthier team at quarterback, which is probably matters more than anything else great stuff uh, matt i appreciate it and we'll talk to you again real soon okay yep thanks for having me have a great new year talk to you there you go matt caller with the purple insider covering the minnesota vikings great stuff and great insight and they're up there thinking they don't have a quarterback so why would we want to go to the postseason while the packers are sitting here thinking to themselves let's get our quarterback some experience in the postseason and some of these young guys and maybe reignite the energy so to speak So there you have it. Uh, Don't forget, coming up here in about 20 minutes, Mike Clement is going to join us, take us the rest of the way. Stay right where you are at. You want to hear from Quay Walker? We'll hear from Quay Walker when we come back right after this on the Bill Mike. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Hear that? It's the sound of a winning December at Potawatomi. Play with your club card December 7th, 14th, and 21st. The more you play, the bigger your share of $400,000 in reindeer rewards. And like a classic Midwest winter, the winds can really pile up. Dash to Potawatomi Casino Hotel, Milwaukee for your reindeer rewards. 400 grand worth. Learn more at daysbig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. If you're looking for a, a great place this weekend to watch some games, maybe you're getting ready for New Year's Eve or the day after, New Year's Day, Stenny's, best sports bar around, second to National Walkers Point, the place to go, and they're running shuttles to everything going on. Bucks, Marquette, uh, they've got the uh, hockey tournament going on with a holiday face-off. They're running shuttles to that. Uh, a lot of the uh, different events downtown Milwaukee. Get a hold of our friend Stenny. Second and National Walkers Point. Let them do the driving. Stop on down. Get yourself some really good food, a couple of beverages, and off you go. That is Stenny. Second and National in Walkers Point. Speaking of Walker, Quay Walker. I uh, had a chance to uh, kind of catch up with the media a little bit. And Quay Walker, he was talking about facing the Vikings uh, that bested them for a 24-10 win uh, the second time. All the plays that we gave up, um, just trying to correct those and be in the right position, just knowing what to expect now since we already don't play them once. And uh, just take everything that we don't been beat on uh, since we don't play them because I'm sure it's a copycat league, so I'm sure we're going to see a lot of things again and just go, just go from there. He was asked specifically, look, uh, we really haven't seen Jaron Hall. And uh, when you got the Vikings rookie making his first start and it's going to be against the Packers, you really don't have a lot of film on him. What's that What's that like when you deal with a mobile quarterback? It's pretty much the same because I think they're going to stick to all the similar plays that they call. Nothing's going to change for them. So uh, they got 18 back, so that'll be a difference. But uh, other than that, I think everything will be the same. Then they got the guy that's running around, the rookie. So he feels it's going to be kind of the same, same play calls and all that kind of stuff. But when you haven't seen a guy, how tough is it? I uh, just love a rush uh, and probably being real sticky on the back end, not only that, but just love a rush, uh, not getting too high on them when, when rushing. Uh, just having a balanced rush, I'll say, just keeping them in the pocket, that'll help. How do you practice for a very mobile quarterback? Uh, by just doing it, uh, okay. just having level rushes, whatever the case may be, taking that and taking it all into the game from there. Here's here's the next question, which we were just talking about. You know, so you're gonna be doing a lot of blitzing. Are you are you personally gonna be blitzing in this one? Well, that's more so them. It's not. Yeah, me. but you, you blitz at times, so. I mean, yeah, but it's different from that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what you said. Yeah, that's it. Uh, he was asked about uh, the reaction when Devondre Campbell had stated that he really enjoys playing next to Quay Walker. Here's what he had to say. Uh, I'd be smart when asking him that. Uh, with every, anytime I played with him, I felt like it gave me more confidence just by him being a guy with ton, like a ton of experience or whatever the case may be. And uh, that was it, I'll say. It just gave me a ton of confidence lining up beside him, just getting prepared and everything like that. Does this defense, after you know what they gave up against Carolina and what they've done over the last three weeks, really, does this defense need – I mean, does the defense take it upon themselves to make a statement on Sunday night? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got to go out here and play with a lot of physicality, hold guys up, um, get off the field on third downs. That's one thing we can do. And, uh, capitalize, get turnovers. It's easy for me to say that, but we actually have to do that on Sunday. So, so yeah, I'll say. Yeah, and he's 100% correct. I mean, it's easy to say it, but you got to actually go out and do it. So what does it take to create a dominating defensive performance? Just doing it. Uh, having pre-snap awareness, whatever the case may be. Uh, communicating before the play, helping guys out, things like that. Um, anything that can help. Can I just can I just jump in and, and point something out and ask you, Bill? Yeah. They asked him, how do you prepare for a mobile quarterback? And they asked, how do you put together a good defensive performance? And his answer was, you just got to do it. Like, right. um, It's just a press conference. I get it, but yeah. it's it, weird. It's, yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it's not like he can say, well, we're going to do this and this and this. Uh, the one thing, uh, the question was, and this is the last one before we go to break, but did the defense do a better job of communicating? Because all we hear is about it, you know, all we hear about is communication. Have they did a, you know, did they do a better job against Carolina? Yeah, I feel like it was better. Yeah, it was better because we had, you know, major emphasis on it, and so leading into the game, I feel like we did, we did everything we needed to do. So there you go. Now they still gave up a lot of points, specifically at the end of the ball game, but uh, it was an emphasis. It was a point of emphasis during the week. So we'll see if that actually pans out and becomes a thing where they start to play better uh, going up into Minneapolis and U.S. Bank Stadium coming up on Sunday night. But that is Quay Walker talking with the media yesterday. Uh, we still coming up in about 15 minutes. Mike Clemens is going to join us. We'll talk with Mike about uh, what he's been hearing inside that locker room, what it's like, you know, knowing that Jair's been suspended, the defense is under fire, but now you're going to get some guys offensively back. I mean, is this kind of – change the attitude a little bit is it suddenly feel optimistic uh, you know we'll, we'll get into mike's uh, thoughts on all of that when we come back here in about 15 minutes so stay tuned for that don't forget coming up on sunday we got a packers watch party we're going to be in oconomowoc at boondocks barbecue burgers and brews immediately following the game we have the green and gold post game show live up until midnight we ring in 2024 at midnight so we're going to be at Boondocks. They're going to have live music, beverages, food, champagne toast, all that kind of stuff, and a Packers watch party and us doing the Green and Gold postgame show live from Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews coming up on Sunday night. We hope to see you there as a face in the crowd out there in Oconomowoc. Another hour of the Bill Michaels Show yet to go. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this.